My name is Michael Hildebrand, and I am the director of the Upstate Mobility Alliance. We are a nonprofit focused on making the upstate of South Carolina a vibrant and connected region in the areas of transportation and mobility. Today, we have Jody Bryson, executive director with International Transportation Innovation Center with us. Welcome, Jody. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Michael. It's, uh, it's great to be with you today. So first, Jody, why don't you begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? So Michael, I'm a native Greenbillian. In fact, I grew up um, just a couple of miles from the site of the International Transportation Innovation Center, which is part of the larger campus of the South Carolina Technology and Aviation Center. Uh, in fact, my, my father worked at one of the companies at the park. So I learned early on the value of the economic impact of that business park. And it's been really, um, really neat to be able to kind of come full circle and, and serve as president and CEO of the, of the park, as well as executive director of the automotive test track that we're discussing today. Um, I, I finished Clemson University in 1987, I moved to Columbia to work for Governor Carol Campbell in his first term. And while working for Governor Campbell, I really learned the value of economic development. And as many of your listeners will know, the arrival of BMW manufacturing to South Carolina in their selection of our state for their first ever investment in, um, in North America was Governor Campbell's legacy. It was a great experience for me. I, I worked for him and lived there long enough to meet my wife, Jenny. After we were married, we moved back to Greenville and we've been living here now for the past 30 years. Great. And that's really oh. interesting that you that you actually lived close to where uh, what used to be called the Donaldson Center is. That's right. That's right. In fact, the, the site of the automotive test track was um, a high school hangout. And um, I witnessed many of uh, many a drag race on that um, on that mile long straightaway. Um, growing up in the area, so it it really is um, it, it really is fun to come full circle. So why don't you give us some history about ITIC and what do you focus on there? Yeah, so um, ITIC is the um, is the brand for as you mentioned earlier, the International Transportation Innovation Center, um, which is um, located on a closed runway property that um, we began redeveloping several years ago. When I joined the park as president and CEO in 2007, uh, one of the things that, that I knew we had to do was to, to really reposition the park to, um, to be proactive and globally focused in terms of economic development. Um, I remember years ago, former mayor Bill Workman once told me, Jody, if you ain't growing, you're dying. And, and that's why we have to be so engaged in economic development in our, in our state and in our community, because if you're not constantly bringing in new industry, um, you're going to be, um, you're going to be, you're always going to lose some. And um, so you want to constantly be moving ahead. As we were developing that economic development strategy, uh, we were looking at various properties within the park that might be utilized for operations or activities that could support our state's advanced manufacturing industry, specifically the automotive 
um, industry, which was growing by leaps and bounds in the state. And, and during that process, we learned that there was a need for a publicly owned automotive test bed in the state. There would be a demand if we were able to successfully redevelop the property. And so that was the path that we, um, that we took forward. And we were fortunate to have some early support from the state of South Carolina. And as a result, we opened the doors of the automotive test track about 10 years ago. And today it's a very vibrant and active automotive test bed, you know, does a great job of supporting not just our South Carolina-based companies, but other automotive companies from around the region. So if you look at that in combination with the Donaldson Field Airport that we've operated since 1964, we really are a microcosm of the state's top two industry sectors, aerospace and automotive. And then in addition, we have a number of advanced manufacturing companies in the park, such as 3M and Michelin and Lockheed Martin. What kind of testing can be done at ITIC? You mentioned you have a mile-long test track. What are some of those specific kinds of testing that you can do there? Yeah, so we have a variety of clients who currently use the park. We have corporations who, because of the immense size of the straightaway, a mile long and 300 feet wide, they'll, they'll rent the track and set up a number of, of different patterns where they can test braking, for example. They can test stability. They can test new technologies. In addition to that, we have been the host site for several U.S. Department of Energy grants in conjunction with Clemson University and CUICAR. We have provided, in particular, we have provided CUICAR with track time for their Deep Orange projects. Some of your listeners may be familiar with Deep Orange. That's a, a program for the um, for the graduate engineering students at CUICAR where they work with industry partners and design and build from scratch a concept vehicle. And that takes two to three years for them to complete while they're working on their their you know their master's degree or their PhD. And then those vehicles are unveiled at the uh, Society of Automotive Engineers World Congress in Detroit each year. So it's a big, big part of the automotive engineering degree curriculum at CUICAR. And our test track has provided a great locale for those students to come out and test some of their technologies in, in their development. In addition to that, we provide some of our um, law enforcement agencies an area where they can do um, high-speed safety training for their officers. So it, it really um, it, it provides a wide variety of, of uses and, it, again, is very much meeting the needs of our automotive customers and industries in the area. It sounds like it, and it really, for, for people that have not been out there or seen it, is really an amazing facility, and, and I think we're very fortunate here to be able to have that kind of facility. So Jody, give me an idea of how many other facilities like this are there around us? Is there anything else even even close by? And, and what are some of those unique features that make companies choose ITIC for their testing? Yeah, Michael, we are very unique, not just in, in, the, re, in the Southeast region, but there are just a handful of, of sites like ours um, across the United States. We're one of a kind in, in the state of South Carolina, that's to be sure. The, one of the first unique features is simply the immense size of the test track. Again, you have a, 
um, a straightaway that is um, a mile long and 300 feet wide. And then we have a, a parallel lane, which is a mile and a half long and 50 feet wide. One has the mile long straightaway has an asphalt surface. The, the parallel lane has a concrete surface. So that provides two different variations for testing. In addition to that, we have, we have wireless charging capabilities on site. We also will be opening in a couple of weeks a brand new element that we have constructed in response to our customer needs, and that is a durability surface. And that will be a, a much utilized, very much in demand new feature of the track. And then we have plans later this year to break ground on a slope hill element as well as a brake lane element. We're adding these elements in direct response to our, our customers' needs and the market demands. And that is really serving us well as we, as we um, grow this very fledgling test track into what will soon be a world-class automotive test bed. Well, and Jody, kind of going back on what you were talking about earlier, for me, been in Greenville for over 20 years now, and it's really been interesting to learn the history of of that area, what once was a Army base or Air Force base, and then for the community to really kind of wrap its arms around that area and reinvent it from a military facility to what is now really, truly a, a just an innovation hub in a lot of ways. There's a lot of really great manufacturing that goes on down there uh, in addition to your work. And, and so I just thank you for what you're doing from a leadership perspective down there, because it really is, um, I think, helping Greenville and the upstate stand out um, throughout the country. Well, I really appreciate that, Michael. And um, I tell you, you know, I, I look back at the visionary leadership in 1964, 63, actually, when the military base that you referred to was closed down. And it created a huge vacuum in the local economy at the time. And the city and the county had the foresight to come together and really create and roll out a plan for acquiring the 2,600-acre base from the federal government, setting it up as a business park, their best to recruit industry to come and and the early years were really tough it, it, you know they struggled the first 20 years or so it gained some momentum when Lockheed Martin um, arrived 36 years ago then um, about that same time 3M established their mega site at the park and then for for many years it you know it continued to grow and then I think it was in 2007 when we, we really reinvented the entire park and we rebranded it from Donaldson Center to the South Carolina Technology and Aviation Center, SCTAC. Um, and that new brand really established us in the global marketplace because the park is unique to the state of South Carolina. So we felt it was entirely appropriate to embrace South Carolina in our new brand. South Carolina has a great reputation with international companies. There are many, many international companies who are located within the state. So why not take advantage of that, right? Technology and aviation, quite honestly, describes the types of companies that are located at the park. So I I just have to Every day I remind myself of the visionary leadership that our city and county officials had 56 years ago 
in acquiring this base and taking the steps to create what is now one of the leading technology and aviation parks in the state, leading the state when it comes to aerospace and automotive. Just a tangent on aerospace, some of your listeners probably know that we became the global production home for F-16 fighter jets just about a year ago. Lockheed Martin is producing those world-class fighters and selling to an international marketplace. Um, In addition to that, Lockheed Martin just recently received a contract for a 10-year sustainment and maintenance, repair, and overhaul of fighter jets. That is another huge step in the direction of of supporting aerospace industry and is just just great news for the state of South Carolina and and for Greenville County and for SCTAC. So the park has come a long way, but um, I still think the future is bright in terms of how we can continue to grow and meet the uh, meet the needs of our um, you know of our citizens in terms of jobs and tax base. So let's talk a little bit more about the future, Jody, and and specifically the future of transportation. So you are at the forefront really of of that, and, and you probably uh, see a lot of of some of the innovative things that are going on. So just from your standpoint, I'd be interested to, to hear, what do you think transportation is going? What do you think we're going to see in the next five years and then maybe in the next 20 years? I'd just like to hear your perspective. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that the industry is evolving quickly. Um, when we first started redeveloping um, this closed runway property into an automotive test track, the idea of autonomous vehicles, of electric vehicles, you know, becoming mainstream was really a fledgling concept. We, we've all been very, very shocked at how quickly the, um, the major OEMs have, have embraced both of those technologies, you know, autonomous vehicle technology and electric vehicle technology. And that's not just in passenger cars. That spans the uh, the gambit, including commercial vehicles and off-road and even NASCAR. I mean, it it really, all the early projections that w- w- were that, it, you know, we'd be looking at 20 years for some of these products to be available in the market. And quite honestly, it it didn't take nearly that long. So I think you're going to continue to see those types of technologies, you know, grow and become more mainstream and, and be improved upon. You know, one of the biggest challenges for electric vehicles are the batteries, the, the limitations of, of batteries and the, the strides that are occurring in, in battery technology are just very exciting. And, and really changing that entire that entire market as well. Where do I see in 20 years? When I was a kid, one of my favorite cartoons was the Jetsons. And everybody knows, everybody our age knows the, you know, the theme song. And you remember the Jetsons car that flew around from, George would hop in it and fly to work and, and fly back. Those are a reality. Before COVID hit, we were in serious negotiations with a Massachusetts-based company who manufactures a flying automobile that has U.S. Department of Transportation and FAA approval. Unfortunately, they had to abandon their plans to uh, expand into South Carolina as a result of the global pandemic that we find ourselves in. Many people may not know that 
that that is a real technology that is is quickly become going to going to become mainstream. And um, so my bold prediction is that in 20 years from now, there will be flying cars in South Carolina. I don't know how many. I don't know how expensive they'll be, but but they're coming. And in fact, the technology is already here, and there are lots of companies who are working in that area. So that's my crystal ball prognostication for now. And and, uh, we can talk in 10 years and kind of see what things are looking like. It's exciting. It's really exciting. No, it really is. And and it's interesting, you know, kind of like you said, whenever you look back at, at what we projected transportation would look like 20 years ago or 30 years ago, a lot of those things have, have come to, to light. And so I think you're right. I think it, it, some of these things just take a matter of time and it's, it's all about timing and, and the market. But it really is interesting to think about where we're going to be. And uh, so, Jody, I just appreciate your time today. And, and But more importantly, I appreciate your leadership and, and what you're doing, uh, not just for the upstate, but for South Carolina. So so thank you, Jody. Well, Michael, thank you. And, and let me um, let me add my thanks to um, to the Upstate Mobility Alliance and, and, and 10 at the top. I remember when the organization was created, y'all have done a, just a fantastic job at, at what you do. And, and you know, I, I think y'all provide so much leadership and, and so many great ideas to the Upstate through your efforts. So um, I just appreciate what um, you and, and the staff, the leadership there and the board of of, of 10 at the top do to continue moving our economy and our communities forward. So thank you all. Well, thank you, Jody. I appreciate it and, and take care.